Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Lord, I'm praying for your grace and your mercy to flow in this house. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for the atmosphere that you have prepared. God, we know that in you and through you, all things are possible. We are grateful for what you have been doing in our lives and in our families and in, in, in our, our church. And Lord, and all the people that you are impacting, we thank you. And God, we need your hand again to touch us. We need your hand again to do something in us because you are the vine and we are the branches. And without you, we can do nothing. Minister as only you can minister. Reach as only you can reach. Anoint as only you can anoint. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord right now? And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Gospel of Mark is considered to be the first gospel that was inspired by God to be written that Mark was before the Gospel of Matthew, before the Gospel of John, and before the Gospel of Luke. Each writer had something unique in particular uh, to give to God, to give to his people, to give to this audience. But he is primarily focused on the Gentile audience, those that are not Jews, those that did not come from uh, the, the, the royal loins of Judaism under uh, the uh, patriarch Abraham. But these were for those that were the outcasts. These were for those that did not have necessarily the family upbringing uh, to be into this chosen nature of coming into contact with the Messiah. Uh, this one was written for those that felt like they did not belong. They felt like they were too dirty uh, to really be included. Uh, th th this was for those that had the history of not patriarchs, but the history of things like cannibalism. No, no, a past that they did not want to talk about. They did not want to go through the lineage. The Gentiles were not as good as the Jews when it came into preserving their lineage and history because the more they looked at their history, the uglier it looked. And they were not interested in going back to the great, great, great granddaddy because people are going to start looking at you with their neck bent a little bit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And... Mark is, is interested in showing these people that they have just as much as a right to Christ as those that come from a royal lineage. That the messed up and the put together are both in need of Jesus. 
those that are morally and ethically pure and come from families with good traits and those that have families with bad traits, both are in equal need of Jesus Christ. That, that each of them need them because only is not through their ethical superiority or moral superiority that can get you into heaven. It is only by the blood of Jesus. It is only by the touch of God. It is only by the name of Jesus that we're able to do exceeding and abundant things that everybody needs Jesus, no matter how good we have been, no matter how bad we have been, everybody needs Jesus. He is the consistency. He is the source. He is the only hope for all mankind, no matter how good or bad we've been, we need Jesus. If you go down the list of your good deeds, at the end of that list, you're going to find Jesus. If you go down the list of all of your bad deeds, at the end of that list, you're going to find Jesus. Because everybody is in equal need of Jesus Christ. With this being said, Mark is interested in connecting with the outcast, with, with the stranger. To, he... he he was writing the things that Peter was preaching. As Peter was traveling, preaching, Mark was writing. Uh, many theologians and historians talk about as, as if he is a newscaster and he is jotting down the day's news and what's happening. He's writing and scribbling down his most uh, famous word, the word that he uses more than any other epistle, any other gospel. The word that he uses is immediately. He loves saying immediately, straightway. And Jesus immediately healed her. And Jesus immediately healed him. And Jesus immediately, 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 he presented God as a God that is willing to meet immediate needs. That is incredible. We talked about this need for immediately, but in this the storm we talked about in the storm that he starts moving a little differently in storms, not according to his immediate nature, but he starts moving a little differently when it comes to revealing who he is. But when we look at the text that I, I read to you, there is this woman that is cut off from society. The Bible says that she had an issue for 12 years, and because she had this issue for 12 years, she was unable to get into the temple. She was unable to get into the house of God because she was cut off from being close and getting into the house of God. Because they had restrictions on if you had this type of issue, you could not get in. And, and, and even come and worship because of this issue. And not only was this issue so bad, she was forbidden to even touch anybody. She was forbidden to even come in contact because if she comes in contact, people will become unclean. And... When a woman is out for herself and by herself, she has to 
cultivate a type of independency to survive in life. So this was an, an, an independent woman that says, I don't need anybody because nobody's there for me. No one intercedes for me. The priests don't even intercede for me. Nobody's doing right. And she's off by her own. And so she said, you know what? I'm going to take all of my wealth and I'm going to find my own cure. Someone that had been hurt by systems, someone that had been hurt by the past, she said, I'm going to figure it out myself. In verse 26, it says, as she suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. This woman is using all of her resources to try to become her own cure. And she doesn't get better she gets worse. It's one thing when people let you down. It's another thing when you let yourself down. Because you can run from people, but you can't run from yourself. You can, you can move on and say, you messed up, and, and you messed up, and you, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not talking to you anymore. You let me down. I needed you. You let me down. I needed you. You let me down. And now you're all by yourself, and now you say, come on, self, let's, let's, let's show them how it's done. And self speak back to you and say, huh? Come on, self. We're just going to do it by ourselves. And self say, you, you sure? Yeah, yeah, we got it. Then self lets you down. And you don't even keep you don't even keep promises to yourself. A lot of us get bitter at others breaking promises to us. And we break promises to ourselves. I will never self say, huh? <laughs> I will never do this again. Self say, I'll try. <laughs> and 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 what what's amazing about this is that in in our humanity in in who we are we are we are really limited on how to change our lives and so when we go to self for instruction self says you know what i can only do so much i'm going to do it the best i can and you know we're going to just see what happens. And what happens when self lets you down, you even start getting bitter at self. You can't even look at, can't even look at yourself. Some of them are most, are meanest, some of the most verbally abusive people in your life is how you talk to yourself. You don't even need the devil to tear you down. You don't need people to tear you down. Before you leave the house, you don't tore yourself down. She suffered many things of many physicians. So she's going to all of these other opportunities and doors. You ever been in a situation and you start trying like every door? Oh, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm going to try to start my stock market today. Come on, somebody. I'm sorry. You do stocks for a little bit. Uh, praise God. All right. 
They're like, yeah, 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 boy. They say if you if you create this this type of business, you can get out of that. What type of business is that? Ah, yeah, this is like an innovative type business. Like, okay, innovative. Huh? I like innovative. It will show me innovative. But then you go try to do that and try to get, get yourself out of it. And it's like, how long it take? They say, well, it only took me 30 days. You're like, well, I've been working this three years. I'm still in the same spot. And then someone says, no, but if you try this, this new thing, this will work, man. All you got to do is this. It's that easy. Isn't it amazing how everybody say it's so simple until you get in it and it's like the most complex thing you ever. <laughs> Just try this, try that, try this, try that. And you try this and try that and try this and try that. And what happens? You're nothing bettered. But you rather grew worse. And you say, all right, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, and I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try that. And then what happens after all of that, you get spent. The Bible says she spent all. Now, it's one thing to spend all and get a lot back. But her reward for what she spent was nothing bettered. My God, what a What a reward. What do I get back? Here you go. Here's a whole bunch of nothing better. So, hi, I'd like to make an order for uh, healing over this issue. Uh, how much does it cost? Oh, it costs everything. All right, here's everything. And you're sure I'll be healed? Oh, yeah. We got something for you. You're going to like. Here, here's everything. You're waiting. And they're like, all right, here's a dump load of nothing better. Everything that, I, that you are supposed to do, nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. You ever been in a situation where you, you started really messing with it and thinking you can fix it and it gets worse? And the Bible says she got down to a place where she had nothing. She got down to the end of her rope where there was nothing that she could do. And now her intellect, her ability, her ingenuity, all of that didn't matter because it didn't produce the result that she aimed for. And when she got to the end of her rope and she got down to nothing, God said, now let me work. He said, I've been waiting for you to get to the end of your rope so you would finally allow me to work. And if you could have done it, you wouldn't need me. If you could have done it, you wouldn't worship me. If you, couldn't have, if you could have done it, you wouldn't praise me. If you could have done it, you wouldn't be in church today. So I waited until you were at the end of your rope so you could finally. So you could finally worship me. Because we think we can do things so much in our own hands, in our own ingenuity, in our own ability. God, God sometimes, he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't interrupt our plans unless we give him permission to. 
Sometimes he wants, to, he wants you to see how your plan f- f- unfolds. And he'll just watch the whole time. Look. No, no, no. They, don't worry. They're going to need me at this point. But I'm just, I'm just going to watch them. Just. He, he thinks that's a victory. That's, that's cute. All right. Here, watch when he gets to this point. Watch, he's he's going to hit the uh-oh in a moment. Here we go. Here's it. Are you ready? No, no, don't look nowhere else. Are you ready? He goes, okay, now let me step in. Let me step in. See, see, he waits till we get down to nothing because there's something about nothing that produces a humility in us to stop trying to do it ourselves and to come into his presence, to stop trying to fix it ourselves and to come into his presence and to stop trying to manufacture and manipulate. Come on, we got to stop trying to manipulate God to bless what we want. Come on, somebody, that we can say, God, what do you want? And that's what I want to walk with. What do you want to do? And that's what I want to go with where do you want to go that's where I want to go he, he waits until we get down to nothing because nothing is, is the raw material of God's creation. Nothing is the raw material of God's miraculous nature. Nothing is the raw material when, that God likes working with. God, the paintbrush that God loves to use is nothing. The tool that God loves to use best is nothing. The hammer that he loves to use is the hammer of nothing. Anything that he wants to build, he loves starting with nothing. So he waits till mankind gets to the end of the rope and when man gets down to nothing God says now hand me your nothing and let me do something with your nothing and let me make something out of nothing because I can do exceeding he waits till man gets to the end of the rope because at the beginning of the rope man doesn't really appreciate God man thinks God is just some ATM machine or something that he just moves when he wants to move and so God says I'm going to watch you walk with that rope in your hand and when you finally get to the end of your rope and you can't stretch it out any further come on somebody you can't do it by yourself anymore that's when I step in and show you that there's only one God and I I'm that God that can heal you. And Muhammad can't do it for you. Zoroaster can't do it for you. No other religion can't do it for you. The only thing that can do it for you is the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Oh, somebody clap your hands right now. It's at the end of the rope that we finally understand our need for a relationship with something greater than ourselves. It is at the end of the rope that we finally get out of ourself, get our mind out of ourself, and get it back into his presence. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. 
and I'm sick and tired of walking around for 12 years with the same issue and looking at the same people to heal me. And you know what? What the woman found out is that a relationship can't heal me. What the woman found out is that my, my healing won't come in, a, in another person. It won't come in another failed relationship. She said, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that's going to heal me. But, but he disappointed her like the other ones did. Maybe she'll help me. Maybe she'll help me. Maybe she'll help me. But, she, but, but he found out. But you know what? She can't even help me. Nobody can help me. Because the more I keep looking to be complete in something that is other than God, the more I'm left with nothing better. So I'm finally at the end of my rope and saying, God, you know what? I need you. 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 He likes, he likes working with nothing. One thing that man has always been afraid of from the beginning of time is the awesome, scary nature of nothing. Ooh. One of the most disrespectful things you could say to another human is that you ain't got nothing. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's the curse word of mankind to say, you left me with nothing. Oh my. That, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's, the, that's the fighting words. Come on somebody. That, that's the stuff that make the vein come in the forehead. Come on son. That's, that's the stuff that make the vein come out the neck. Come on son. That's the stuff that make the crazy come out of somebody. When they say you, 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 you have nothing and, and you left me with nothing and there's something about a man with nothing. They're afraid of being left with nothing. They're afraid of having nothing. As a matter of fact in the ancient Near Eastern custom and the, one of the greatest things they were afraid of was the, was the concept of nothing. The concept of nothing, the void, the emptiness. They were afraid of nothing. As a matter of fact, it was one of the gods that they were, that they were scared of, that they were scared to worship was the god of nothing and the god of chaos. And they saw any time that nothing got involved, that, that there would be an abyss of nothingness and that nobody wanted to pray to this god of nothing because the god of nothing could take everything from you and so they were afraid of chaos and they were afraid of, 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 of this God of emptiness the void they were afraid of it and they were afraid to get engaged with it but what God does with it it says in the beginning in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters I've come to preach to you when God sees nothing. He sees an opportunity for creativity. When God sees nothing, he sees the opportunity to create a new world. When God sees nothing... the humans in the ancient Near Eastern custom they were so afraid of nothing and they were antagonists to everything all of their plans all of everything they wanted to hope and succeed for and all of their purpose what they were afraid of was the God of nothing intervening they were afraid of nothing and they were afraid of chaos but God in the Old Testament he did not introduce chaos and emptiness as antagonists or enemies but he introduced them 
as servants to his will and servants to his cause. And what he's saying is anytime you feel like nothing, anytime you don't have nothing, you got to understand that is an invitation for me to move. That is an invitation for me to speak. That is an invitation for me to transform. It's this concept of nothing that everybody's afraid of. But he understood that it's, it's, it's in the place of nothing where the greatest stuff happens. Because God's like, it's in the nothing that, that, you, that I have your undivided attention. When you reach the end of your rope, that's when you start focusing on me. Come on, somebody. When you reach the end of your rope and you tried to manipulate it and you tried to change it and you tried to do it yourself, then you finally say, God, I need you. Or you say, God, I can't do it. Ooh. That, that is some of the toughest words we'll ever say. I can't do it without you. And we say it in this like really like sad tone. We say it like with tears coming down our eyes. Come on, somebody. You get the end of your rope and say, I can't do it without you. And God's like, ooh, you're saying it crying, but I see faith right there. That, tears are perfect to start with for creation. Come on, somebody. I'll use your tears as paint to, to paint a new canvas. I'll use the blood, sweat, and tears to make a new creation. I'll use something and make and something out of nothing. Humanity is afraid of nothing because we want we want we want value we we want value and I told you a, a long time ago I told you how God works with nothing He knows where there's nothing He knows He's gonna get glorified and 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 I've and and, and I've talked about it and I and I've talked about it and I and and I and I've used this uh, Mike can come help me that's it uh, Davian come help me uh, Samuel come help me and and you've you've heard me talk about this concept of nothing because we love we, you know we we are scared of nothing we're scared to feel uh, like like nothing go, go ahead uh, brother Chris come on hurry up and come on this side for me hurry up and come on this side for me and so we're scared of nothing amen and 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 because we're scared of nothing uh we, we, we have this low self-esteem. We have this low self-esteem. And anytime we have nothing, then we, we kind of, we, we don't run to God. We run away from God. But, but the worst thing you could do when you feel like nothing is just be alone. This is the, it's the worst thing you could do when you feel like nothing to just, to just be alone. And Samuel, come help me out. Come, come right you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna help me out in this, and I've used it before. Come on, move over here, 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 move over here. Here, here, here it is. So 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 you you Samuel, you know who you're gonna be, right? You know who you're gonna be. You, you you're gonna be, you, you know, you, you're gonna be God. That, that come on, that's awesome, right? That's a great example, right? I mean, that's, that's he, he, he's he's gonna. He's, he's going to be God in this illustration. I mean, I could have said Judas. I mean, I could have said, 
I could have said Saul. I could have said, you know, I mean, I could have went down, you know, I could. <laughs> he said, if I'd have said Saul, he'd have went go sit down. He said, <laughs> amen. But, but, but you're God. And, and the issue is that, that everybody here, they, they feel like nothing. So y'all come shoulder to shoulder. Y'all come shoulder to shoulder. Stand, stand. That's it. Straight. Amen. I didn't, I didn't look at these guys. Look at the posture. Isn't that the posture of, of when you're going through something? Come on, somebody. That's it. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Look, I even got Samuel getting into it. Come on, somebody. The, the power of peer pressure. Amen. Here it is, here it is, here it is. So, so, so these guys, you know, they, they feel like nothing. They're down to nothing. And, and here's God over here. And, and how many gods are there? So, so there's one God, but, but there's a bunch of people that, that feel like nothing. But the issue is, come over here, right, God. The issue is, if you feel like nothing, that all you got to do is grab God's hand. Go ahead, grab God's hand. That's 10. Go ahead and grab their hand. That's a hundred. Go ahead and grab their hand. That's a thousand. Go ahead and grab that hand. That's 10,000. You see, well, nothing by yourself is nothing. But when you grab God's hand, you have value. I'm going to preach right now. And as long as you got God's hand, you never have nothing because you discover that God is enough and God is sufficient and God is able. Come on, that's it. Clap your hands. Y'all stay right there. I, I, well, you have to understand that when you're down to zero, just grab the one. And as long as you grab the one, you have value. Come on, somebody. And God is able to bring value out of zero. God is able to bring value out of nothing. God is able to bring value out of... You can't, you can't have a math, you can't have a mathematical equation without zero. Y'all gonna throw me out of here. Zero is something to build off of, y'all. Y'all not hearing me right now. Stop, stop complaining that you just, you feel like your life is full of zeros. And just link up those zeros to the one. And you'll see, I got a little something. I got something greater than I thought I had. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And as long as I've got the one in me, then I never have nothing. Zero. Zero. Nobody wants to have, have zero, but this is how God works. You always feel like that until you connect to the one. And as long as you have the one, everything's going to work out. And that, that is the issue, though. Here we go, Samuel, come in the middle of it. Everybody just wants God in the middle of it. They want God in the middle of it. But if you get a check like this, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, you ready to fight? You ready to argue? You ready? Come on, you ready to scratch somebody? If you got a zero, zero, one, zero, zero check, you about to 
clothes run the building off of. Everybody likes putting God at the end of it. Go ahead and get at the end. Everybody likes putting God as the last resort. They like putting God at the end of everything. Come on, somebody. But if you get a check like that, zero, 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 one, you ready to fight like you never fought before. But if you ever bring God to the beginning, if you ever bring him before everything, that before I that before I do anything, I'm going to God. And before I touch anything, I'm going to God. And as long as I have God, there will be a value. Somebody clap your hands to the one right now. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the one right now. So, so, Samuel, I want, you to, I want you to start walking down there, Samuel. All right, stop. All right, Samuel number two, I want you to walk back there. Put your hand on his shoulder. 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 What am I trying to show you? So I want you to just walk directly back there. And I want you to walk around and come back down. You see, whenever you're walking with the one, it doesn't matter how high the mountain, and it doesn't matter how steep the valley, I'm not going to internalize it. Why? Because I'm walking with the one. Come on somebody and even when I'm in the valley and I feel all alone though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil why because thou art with me and you're holding my hand Come on. So when I'm on the ups, come on down. When I'm in the ups and downs, at least I got the one. At least I got value in the ups and downs. If I was here by myself, I couldn't make it. But as long as I got the one, everything's going to be all right. God's going to bring something out of this storm. God's going to bring something out of this situation. God's going to bring something out of this fear. I've reached the end of my rope. But when I reached the end of my rope, I found God. When you reach the end of the rope, that's when you find God. That's when you find the supernatural. That's when you find that you're not able. That's when you find you can't do it. And you may have reached the end of your rope, but that is the beginning of finding God. And you find him when you finally reach to the place of being nothing better. That's when you start reaching for something better. That's when you start reaching for the one. That's when you start reaching for something you don't understand. She said, I don't understand everything about this guy. But something in her mind, something started changing in her mind. When you get down to nothing, something starts changing in your mind. And something changes in your mind before it changes in your body. Something changes in your mind before it changes anywhere else. She started thinking differently. She started thinking differently and now she wasn't thinking self-centered anymore. She said, if I just but touch the hem of his garment, if I will just but touch the end of his rope, if I will just but touch the end of his rope, if I'll just but touch the end of his rope, He'll heal me of my rope. 
That's what it was. That's what it was. Those Jews would walk with those robes and they would have the tills. They would have it, the little threads that would come down from the body that would represent the law of God. And so it didn't just end there. There would be like a rope-like feature that would come from their garment that would flow. You've ever seen it with the Jewish towels or the Jewish prayer cloths. You see the ropes on the end. If you ever see a Jew walking in the airport or somewhere, you'll see they'll have the little things coming out of their belt, these little ropes out of their belt that represents the law of God. Jesus was walking around with these ropes hanging off of him. And finally, when she reached the end of her rope, she saw his rope. Oh, God in heaven. And she started reaching for his rope. Come on, somebody. And when she caught it, she got something that linked her into everlasting life. When she touched that rope, it wasn't something that ended in time, but it was something that started in eternity. It was something that never ends. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, just clap your hands to the Lord right now. When she reached, when she reached the end of her rope in time, she reached the, of, she reached at the end of his rope in eternity. She she caught his rope. Whew. Because the end of God's rope is when God was so fed up with mankind, he said, I'm coming down in a body. <laughs> Y'all going to throw me out of here. That's the end of God's rope. The end of God's rope leads to salvation. When, when God's frustrated, he doesn't leave. He comes in a body. See, you see, when God got fed up with sin taking over everything, and when God got fed up with hell touching everything, and when God got fed up with hell touching all of his precious creation, God reached the end of his rope. And when he reached the end of his rope, he humbled himself in the form of a body. He came in flesh. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He got wrapped up into, into Mary's rope, that umbilical cord. And he said, I didn't reach the end of my rope. I'm coming and I'm going to walk among men and I'm coming to save them from their sins because when God gets so frustrated he said I'm going to do it myself I tried to use Jeremiah he wasn't ready. I tried to use Isaiah he wasn't ready. I tried to use Habakkuk he wasn't ready. I tried to use Hosea he wasn't ready I tried to use Zephaniah he wasn't ready. I tried to use Nahum and Micah he wasn't ready. I tried to use all of these prophets they weren't ready and I reached the end of my rope finally because I'm tired of seeing man living short of what I have destined them to be so when God reached the end of his rope he put on some flesh all by himself and he put on a garment come on somebody he put on a garment of flesh and he came down and dwelt among men for me and you so we can touch the end of God's rope and every time they touched Jesus. That was, that was just the end of the rope. That was, that was the manifestation 
of hundreds and thousands of years of frustration that was the manifestation of people of God failing at 613 laws couldn't hold them to him 613 laws couldn't keep them them close to him so you saw the manifestation of the end of God's rope when he came down so whenever you reach the end of your rope he relates to you but the difference is he can do something about it and he can heal what's been plaguing you for 12 years he can heal it in a moment he can heal it with one touch of his presence and you don't have to go run anywhere else to get a touch no when God does his work in you he does it like it's never been done before 12 years of pain he can solve in a second 12 years of heartache he can solve in a moment one moment in his presence can solve 30 years of chaos and confusion and nothingness come on somebody if you'll just reach out and touch him I need somebody to just take a moment and just praise God for. Whenever I reached the end of my rope, I started reaching, I started out reaching to God. When I started getting down to nothing, it was only when she came down to nothing that she started reaching for something. And it's only when you're getting down to nothing that you finally start reaching for something. When you see you can't do it within yourself, you got to reach for something greater than yourself. Not just reaching horizontally to your friends or to your peers, but reaching upwardly. This is what this church is built on. This church is built on something that's out of this world. Something that cannot be duplicated or manufactured. Something that can't be synthesized and just into a generic program. There is a God factor when it comes to building God's church. We can't build it in our own ingenuity and our own talent. We understand God has to come down and visit. And it's only when God comes down that God can do something greater than we can do ourselves. And so for every person in here that's been at the end of the rope, you've got to sum up the courage to start reaching out to God's rope and you'll find out that he's it's he's way it's way better to just try him I should have tried you sooner Jesus I should have came to you in the first place I wouldn't have lost all this money I wouldn't have lost all this stuff come on somebody I should have came to you first she got so desperate she got so desperate. She said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. I don't even feel worthy to touch him. I'm just going to touch the rope. My God, I'm so thankful that when I feel unworthy to touch him, there's a rope nearby for me to grab onto. Come on, somebody. There's, there's an extension somewhere. There's an extension somewhere where I can reach him. No matter where you are in life, there's an extension. You may be in the pit of depression. There's a rope that's going down into that pit of depression and even when you feel unworthy to touch him you just grab onto the rope and he'll start pulling you up come on you may be in, 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 in a pit of hopelessness and a pit of addiction and you feel unworthy to touch God no matter where you are in that pit God sends a rope down into that pit where you don't feel worthy to touch him but as long as you grab onto the end of that rope he'll start pulling you in and say hey come on I've got a word 
for you. I've got something for you. I've got something amazing for you. I've got a bright future for you. I know you don't deserve it, but come on, you reached the end of your rope, so let me show you the end of my rope. I'm bringing you into salvation. I'm bringing you into my bosom. I'm bringing you into my nature. Any man, anybody here, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad you've been, I'm telling you, you can still reach Jesus. Why can you still reach Jesus? Because Jesus has already been reaching for you. And you can reach him because he's reached for you. And the moment you reach the end of your robe, you turn around and there's a robe waiting on you. <laughs> You're like, what am I going to do? Oh, wow, thank you, Lord. You come to the end of the rope, how in the world am I ever, oh, thank God, thank you. Wow. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was just waiting on you to get your attention. This rope's been waiting on you. Come on, somebody. This rope's been waiting on you. It's just been waiting on your attention. She finally reached the end of a rope. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, the hem of his clothes, I shall be whole. And the Bible says when she touched Jesus, Ah, this desperation as she pressed through the crowd. Every person that she touched in that crowd, you have to understand these insecurities. We have a hand if I'm helping somebody. You have to understand this woman's insecurities because she knows if she touches anybody that they become unclean. This woman's courage said, you know what, I don't, I, I don't care who I got to touch to get to Jesus. Look, y'all gonna have to y'all gonna have to throw me away later, but I gotta. And she knew each person she touched immediately became unclean. But she said, I'm just I'm just tired of the ritual stuff. I'm tired of the temple stuff. I'm tired of that. I, I'm coming to him over all of that. And no matter what they think of me, no matter if they run from me, I'm gonna press through how others may think, how others may perceive. Come on, somebody. Because others' perceptions can become shackles on your progress. And some people want to get delivered and touched, but they're scared how they're going to look. I don't want to get too delivered. I might mess up my hair. I just got my hair done yesterday. Listen. I'm wanting to shout and run right now, but, you know, start sweating, just going to miss all that. I don't want to be frizzy right now. I just, come on, somebody. I, I want to get, get set free, but I just kind of want to look like pretty doing it. You know what I mean? Just, just like, God, God, get me right here. Like, just. I, 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 come on, somebody. Get, get, get me in my pretty moment. But, but, but those things become shackles because when you're worried about how... Well, so some people say, I don't want to cry because people might understand that I need something from God. Um, I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm about to give you a newsflash. Um, you need something from God. We're all in the same boat. But you see how every, others' perceptions become shackles. If I really, really start praying, they're going to realize I've been in a storm that I've been hiding for the last six years. And I have been pretending uh, to be happy. I have mastered my church smile. Uh, I have looked in the mirror before I came to church. I mastered it. I know how to do it very well. I know the church language. Praise the Lord. 
God bless you. I'm doing fine. I'm blessed. No, I, I, nothing's wrong with me. This, I'm always this delightful. You ever seen somebody be so like superficial that it's kind of weird? It's like, like robotic. Praise the Lord, my friend. I am perfect. Never been through a storm. But I love the brothers. She, 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 and, and other people's perceptions become shackles. Because I don't want anybody to see me in need. But it's going to prevent you from getting what you really need. You have to be delivered from what, this is going uh, to mess you up. You got to get delivered, not from what people think, but from what you think other people think. <laughs> because let me tell you something. When... When you don't want to be vulnerable with God, you start creating some stuff in your head that's just, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that because you're going to think, you're going to think like I came from this and I came from like the worst thing ever. No, I had a good life. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, like we love you. Just, just go to Jesus. No, because if I, if I come because you're going to think like I'm the worst sinner you've ever seen. Like what are you, that, that's in your head. You see that? And it's so it's what you think. So you're getting set free from not what others think, but from what you think other people think. It's like what someone said, the problem's not the problem, it's your perception that's the problem. It's how you're thinking about the problem that's the problem. But as long as you go to the solution, as long as you go to him, that's what God uses nothing for. Nothing makes you look up. 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 She got down to nothing, and then she started thinking, and when she pressed through the crowd, she didn't think about, she didn't care about what others thought of her, because others would have been like, hey, girl, you unclean. For real. She had, a, she had an issue of blood. It, it's like, like th this woman was known to have an issue of blood. I know she ain't coming through the crowd. Come on, somebody. Look, look at her. She's like. It's amazing how strong you get when you're desperate. This was this timid woman that, you know, oh, I, I just, you know, praise the Lord. I, I'm just here to worship God. And, and just. But after 12 years of hell, they're like, get out of my way. I'm coming to worship. Look, look she up in the front. I, I ain't never seen Momo jump that high. Come on, somebody. Look, look, I, I'm going after Jesus. I'm going after Jesus. You're going to see a side of me you've never seen because I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm desperate for a touch of God. I'm desperate for a transformation. I'm desperate for something outside of myself. I am desperate. Everybody stand and clap your hands. Musicians can come. Oh, my goodness. When she reached the end of her rope, she reached for the end of his rope. 
And it's at the end of his rope that she discovered relationship. He healed her. Watch this, guys. I got to help you. I got to help you. He healed her before he had a relationship with her. And that's what this type of stuff, that's why God gives blessings. He gives blessings before you even know him. Before you even have relationship with him. Because he uses it as, here it is, a lifeline. To see if you'll grab on and start pulling on it until it brings you into his presence. That's why God's been good to you. God's, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That's, that's the rain of blessing. That's the rain of harvest time. That he makes those that are righteous and unrighteous, he makes both their crops grow. Because he uses blessing as a rope to try to help you discover the source of the blessing. He does these blessings. She got a healing before she knew who he knew had a relationship with them. And he said, who touched my clothes? He said, look, don't you see all the people touching you? They looked round about. And the woman came out of fear, you see, because she didn't feel worthy of relationship. She felt worthy of healing. She didn't feel worthy of relationship. She feared and trembled knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And his first words were, and he said unto her, daughter. I'm at the end of my rope. I feel unworthy of love from the Father. I don't think he'll receive me as a son. I don't think he'll receive me as a daughter. So I just come to church and just hope I can touch the rope, get a healing, get a blessing, but I don't feel worthy of coming that close. But finally, he says, who touched my clothes? Virtue's gone out of me. He said, they're coming into my presence expecting to remain anonymous. And they're okay for me healing. They're okay for me blessing. But they don't understand that I, I want to make them whole. Not just on the inside, but in their spirit. He said, daughter, when she confessed, when she talked to him, See, she got healed without even talking to him. But when she finally started talking to him, he said, daughter, your faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And that verse, verse 34, he mentions the word whole two times. The first time he mentions whole, that Greek word whole, literally means to be healed. But when he says, go in peace and be whole of thy plague, that Greek word whole is different, and it literally means to be increased in health. It means to be better than you were before you got sick. So when she touched the end of his rope, she got healing. And she was made whole. 
But after she came and talked to him face to face, she was increased in health. She was better than she was before she ever got sick. And I thank God for all the blessings. I thank God for all the healings. I thank God for all he's done. And when I reached the end of the rope, I started reaching out to him. But I can't, a relationship can't be sustained by just blessings and favor and opportunity and doors. Somewhere I've got to come into that relationship. Lift up your hands right now. And I need you to tell God, I can't do this without you. I need you to tell God, God, I'm at the end of my rope and I'm reaching for you. I'm at the end of my rope and I'm reaching for you. I listen, I don't try this by myself. I don't try to do it by myself. I've been independent. I've been trying to work things out by myself. And God, just nothing's getting better. Things are getting worse. I've tried relationships. I've tried friendships. I've tried different jobs and different opportunities. And I've tried this and I've tried that. And God, nothing can fill the void in my life. But God, I've reached the end of my rope, so I'm reaching to you. I'm reaching to you to come down and do something in my heart I'm reaching for you to come down and do something in my family I'm reaching for you to come down and do something in my midst in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I need you to come down if I can just touch the hem of your garments I shall be made whole I'm coming into relationship I'm coming into relationship I'm coming back to you I'm coming I'm developing my prayer again I'm developing I'm developing that hunger and that desperation for you again Again. I'm, de- I'm developing that worship for you again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I've reached the end of my rope. Come on, that's it from the front to the back. Step out of your seat. I want you to come find a place to pray. I want you to come find a Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.